0: Hi friends, I'm Dr. Cindy Leibert, And I'm Brooke Jack. We are your hosts of the Joy Prescription Podcast. In this show, we interview pioneering individuals who are integrating faith into their work and their spheres of influence in their respective fields of healthcare, coaching,
1: psychology, and ministry. We dialogue at the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. In each episode, our guests will share their hard-won wisdom and strategies for intentional living, spiritual growth, and health stewardship. Together, we explore God's
0: joy prescription, how He redeems our life stories and brings us into wholeness, mind, body, and spirit. We are so glad you're here to be a part of this conversation. Let's dive into today's episode. So more, uh, we'll go back to our patient question here. The 35 year old woman with hypothyroidism that she's gained 25 pounds in the last three years, despite exercising and eating less, uh, she's got cold intolerance, her bowels are off, hair, skin and nails are off. Uh, and so I'd say this is a very suspicious (laughs) for Mm -hmm. hypothyroidism, especially with that family history of her mom and older sister, there unfortunately is a pretty significant genetic link with hypothyroidism. And so if there's a family history and you're having symptoms, I would absolutely say, let's do a a full lab panel and get that checked out. Mm -hmm. So let's see where to go from here. The, she asked, can the TSH be wrong? Mm. There's so much (laughs) to that question. And the short answer is yes, absolutely. It can be wrong, or it can give us a false sense of reassurance that that everything's okay with the thyroid when in actuality it's not. So there's, this is a source of great debate in the medical literature and among uh, doctors So when I went to medical school, we were taught that the TSH or the thyroid stimulating hormone, that that simple blood test is the only thing that you need in the vast majority of cases to diagnose overactive or underactive thyroid. And they discouraged testing the other, you know, the free T3, the free T4, the T4, reverse T3. Because of cost-effectiveness, they you know the the thinking was that the TSH was sufficient, and that's what I did for many years in my clinical practice. And unfortunately, I know now that I likely missed many uh, many cases of borderline uh, thyroid dysfunction. And thankfully, in let's see, in the year 2002, so that was the year I. Graduated from medical school. Wow! Uh, Twenty years. <laughs> 20, 20, Twenty years ago. That's, That's awesome. right. <laughs> it was at that time uh, two professional organizations stood up and said, uh, "You know, we may need to look at our reference ranges on this TSH because we're probably missing a lot of people." So the reference range for a normal TSH has been 0.5 to around five. And, you know, the way that reference ranges get determined are that, you know, lab companies take all their samples and, and, you know, figure out the range and then the outliers. And so the very end of the range tends to be too high and the very other end is too low. And the problem with that, unfortunately, is that we have so many unhealthy people We've got the standard American diet and half our population is overweight or obese. And so we don't have a good you know, idea of what is normal by just looking at all the lab samples that come into a company. The more evolved understanding of the TSH being an accurate uh, indicator of hypothyroidism is that most healthy people fall into the range of 0.5 to 2.5. And some of my colleagues even argue, you know, a little bit less, maybe down near one is, is the most optimal and, and most likely to be a healthy range. Mm. But you can have a TSH of 3.5 or even four and be told by your doctor that your thyroid is normal. And when in fact, for you, that might be not normal at all. That might be a sign that you're really out of balance. And Mm -hmm. so in 2002, uh, it was the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists and the National Academy of Clinical Biochemistry. They stood up and said, you know, we need to kind of shift our reference ranges. And they um, proposed to have a narrower target range for the TSH being from 0.3 to three. And of course, you know, there's still kind of ongoing debate about this. The reference ranges for the standard laboratories really haven't changed. So the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists have encouraged doctors to consider treatment for patients who test outside of the boundaries of this narrower margin uh, based on their target TSH levels of 0.3 to 3, and they are correctly asserting that this new narrower range will end up resulting in the proper diagnosis of millions of people who suffer from mild thyroid disorder. And as you can probably guess, that's really important for their health, given all the the signs and symptoms we just talked Mm -hmm. about and the impact it can have on uh, people's health and quality of life. So TSH is not always a reliable indicator just by itself for sure and we talked about the reference range issue but there's so many more reasons why that it it can be misleading. So TSH definitely is the the standard test. It's it's pretty clear cut if your TSH is 15 <laughs> probably have hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. And if your TSH is 0.00001 and you're not on any medication, you probably have hyperthyroidism. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are the standard cases, but in non-standard cases, which in my experience is pretty much the majority of cases, um, we, we end up with some more nuances that we need to look at to make an accurate diagnosis. So for example, someone can have a low T3, but otherwise their thyroid hormone labs can look normal. And that that's significant because T3 is the active thyroid hormone in the body. I would Mm. say that that is the, the most important thyroid test to have is to look at the free T3 what are the actual circulating levels of the active thyroid hormone? Those people can get missed and told, you know, your labs look normal, or maybe they didn't even have the the more expanded profile looked at. Maybe our patient just had the TSH looked at previously. So uh, that there's other nuances. Uh, We can also see Hashimoto's uh, show up. That's I've uh, mentioned Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition that results in the destruction of the thyroid gland and it tends to go along with underactive thyroid symptoms. It's the most common cause of hypothyroidism and it's underdiagnosed, of course, because mm. many many people they don't even check for the antibody levels in the blood because Conventional doctors are trained just to assume that that's what it is. Mm. And I guess in conventional thinking, why test for it if there's nothing specific to do for it,
1: which Uh. of course
0: is the answer in conventional medicine. So in conventional medicine, they don't have the tools or the mindset or understanding of how to address the autoimmunity piece. That's a huge missing area in conventional medicine. Is is this epidemic of autoimmunity that we're seeing? And uh, functional medicine is is uh, leading the way at looking at root causes and how to help people overcome autoimmunity. And Hashimoto's is part of that puzzle. And so you know you can have the beginnings of Hashimoto's thyroiditis with elevated uh, TPO, uh, thyroid peroxidase antibodies and have normal uh, TSH, have a normal TSH. Mm -hmm. But if you have hypothyroid symptoms and you have evidence for autoimmune destruction of the thyroid gland, it's it's important to start treatment and to really start addressing these things. But unfortunately within the conventional model, these patients are often just told, well, let's just watch and wait. Basically until your thyroid gland gets destroyed Mm -hmm. enough to result in overt hypothyroidism, then we're not gonna treat you. So
1: that's that's not 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 a a good option. That's not a helpful (laughs) option at all. Yeah, (laughs) it's
0: (laughs) certainly not how I would want to be addressed. Um, so there's a lot of needless suffering. And then there's also this concept of normal lab values and then optimal lab values. Mm -hmm. And I've touched on it a little bit, but it's a deep topic. The TSH is just the tip of the iceberg with what we want to optimize with the thyroid labs. I like to see my patients between 0.5 and 1.5, 2.5 for the optimal range. And then the free T3, we want to make sure that's adequate. And and usually when people are in the upper half of the reference range, that's when they feel the best. Um, we can look at the T4. Again, there's an optimal uh, range for everyone. And Typically it's when you're in the upper half of the reference range, you want kind of robust levels of thyroid hormone. That, that makes sense (laughs) sense being so helpful for our metabolism. Then there's this blood test called the reverse T3. And we like to see that less than 15 when you have higher levels of reverse T3 especially if there's low T3, that can suggest that you have problems converting the inactive T4 to the active T3. That's a clue from your blood work that we need to optimize things. Uh, We talked about the thyroid antibodies. There's the thyroglobulin antibodies and the thyroid peroxidase antibodies. Those are the two that we test for when there's hypothyroidism. And They should be as close to zero as possible. Sometimes you have a super minor low-grade elevation, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have Hashimoto's, but we really should have zero antibodies against our own thyroid tissue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the lower, the better on that. We can look at different ratios and there's a whole science to evaluating a full thyroid profile. So that's a lot to digest. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, it, I said, we were just scratching the surface today, but it's, you know, we have to kind of take a deep dive into the, the labs to look at all the nuances and to really help people get the proper diagnosis so they can get the attention that they need.
1: So you recommend a full thyroid panel type lab work to assess those who maybe presenting with hypothyroid symptoms or have other indicators and in previous blood work that may be pointing to, to an issue with the thyroid. Yes,
0: absolutely. I do recommend, uh, at least seven tests for the thyroid, the TSH, the thyroid stimulating hormone, the free T4, the total T3 and the free T3, the reverse T3, and then looking at the antibody levels periodically, the thyroid gland Mm thyroglobulin antibodies and the peroxidase antibodies are kind of the, the standard way that I look at thyroid health when there's Mm -hmm. any, any questions or we need to uh, get a nuanced, uh, understanding.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that is a lot of, uh, good information (laughs) and good insights. Um, I'm hearing some terms that I've never even heard before. (laughs) This is fantastic. But tell tell us what are some of the root causes of hypothyroidism? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, Brooke, that is an excellent question. However, we are out of time for today. So I'm going to ask our listeners to tune in next week for a further discussion of the root causes of hypothyroidism. And most importantly, what we can do about it, what proactive steps we can take to prevent thyroid disease, and also how to help ourselves if we're uh, affected by low thyroid. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now go out and do that one new thing that brings you joy today. Take care. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Joy Prescription Podcast, where we explore the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. We invite you to take your learning deeper with us at thejoyprescription.com. Be sure to sign up for our email newsletter and receive free weekly Joy Prescription devotionals. Bye for now.